To another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from MidAmerica RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome into the show. Happy Wednesday. Hump day. Oh, I forget. I've been... Man, I'll just be honest with you guys. If you're listening to the show, every Wednesday I tell myself, like, man, just tweet out the happy hump day meme and just let people start on a good Wednesday. You know, just hopefully that works out for people. I forget every Wednesday until you have me scream that into the mic. It's 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 o'clock. You got people on the East Coast. They're going to lunch right now. <sighs> That's on me, folks. The whole morning probably sucks. <sighs> Let's just try and have ourselves a good day, though. You know what I mean? We're halfway through it. Just keep it rolling. <laughs> you got to set an alarm or something. <laughs> Maybe you. I ought to just schedule the tweet every Wednesday. Like That would just be so much easier. That Can you schedule be. like a weekly tweet? <laughs> You're trying to do that, the weekend thing, aren't you? Ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. the weekend. Yeah, I freaking love want, that You want video, that to be way. your Wednesday morning thing. You caught me. <laughs> Busted. got to be committed. Yeah. Those I got to be better. they send themselves. No, they're not, you know. But it's all right. Get them right next now. week. <laughs> Get them next week. A lot to talk about today. Um, Going to go over some more fantasy football stuff. Not a whole lot in the, the news happening. I will tell you, last night I was looking at the calendar, though, and trying to figure out, like, okay, when when do we start doing a lot of our NFL preview stuff and things like that? Because I, I know you're, one of your Tell the Truth Tuesdays yesterday was you're excited for football season. Yeah. I mean, we were, like, two itching, weeks away. Itching closer and closer, man. August 4th is the Hall of Fame game. And a August lot of people 4th? don't get excited about the preseason. I do. That first preseason game uh, just – boner alert yeah because and the reason that i do is because we all know i'm a chiefs fan but it's fun to look at the roster and see the guys that are coming in at like rookie minicamp that you didn't realize kind of signed with the team after the draft or someone you maybe forgot about and i don't mean that rudely but it's just you look for guys to root for and then you try and pay attention to all the reporters and the reports that are coming out during training camp to see how that player is doing and like a while back for me, it, that was like a Tyree Kill. It was a Travis Kelsey. It was, you know, Sammy Watkins joining the team. It was like, how are these guys looking in camp while they're there? And it's just like, it's fun to, to hear everything through camp. Be like, okay, this is kind of the surprise player of the day. This guy's making plays. The most recent one for me, Willie Gay Jr. People were telling me like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> and it's just like, it's fun to see that transition from training camp into preseason games into the regular season where you see flash in a pan a little bit. And then he kind of becomes a productive starter. And this year, it's it's him and Nick Bolton. And it's like, that's fun to watch the development of these guys through training camp. And we're reaching that point right now where rookies are going to report to nearly, I think, every team next week. The earliest is going to be on Monday. I think it's the Bills, like I said yesterday. Yeah, uh, we'll have the Jaguars and the Raiders playing in the Hall of Fame game. I know we have a lot of Raiders fans. So the Jaguars and Raiders? Jaguars and Raiders, which Jaguars uh, with their new coach, you, you probably won't see much of some of these guys like a, a Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. or you know, but you you get a good look at. I think two pretty, pretty good teams really when, 
when you talk about it for preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of Derek Carr or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> it's maybe not the, the sexiest positions. The Raiders have some offensive linemen that are young that I like. Dylan Parham, Thayer Munford. You're going to get a good look at those guys and see them play. Um, and then their defense is, is loaded with a lot of young guys as well. And then just trying to figure out really what does um, this offense look like. It's mm-hmm. not going to be Derek Carr. It'll be my guy, Jared Stidham. You see a lot of him. <laughs> a lot of Jared Stidham. Uh, so that's exciting. That, I'm even more excited now. But you also get to see kind of what this Raiders offense is going to look like. Another one of my guys, Foster Moreau. Yeah, uh, you, you and Foster Moreau actually got ourselves a little bit of a friendship there. A little bit. The old whistling Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so, I mean, those, that's a pretty good team just right there to start off. And then uh, Jacksonville – Ushering in Doug Peterson, see what their offense is going to look like. They've got a ton of young guys as well. Lavishka Chenault, I, I really want to see what he looks like. Yeah. Christian Kirk, one of the top paid receivers in the league. Going to get a good look at him. Uh, Walker Little is another dude that I really liked. Yeah, I just want to see how much more comfortable Trevor Lawrence is and then kind of the, not necessarily the new offense, but the offense of the Jaguars and kind of how well it's flowing. Travis Etienne is going to be back, mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting to see how that really works out. And then they, who's the running back that they drafted that we were all kind of surprised that they even drafted in the first place? Linebacker-wise, they took Devin Lloyd at Utah, so that's going to be kind Devin of neat Lloyd to see. Devin Lloyd and Chad uh, – uh, the kid from Wyoming. Yeah, I know. Uh, Muma? Yeah. Um Trayvon Walker, yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll yeah. Let's forget be about that completely. The number one pick, <laughs> uh, right? So it, it really is like it, it wouldn't matter who's playing. I'm going to be excited to watch. Yeah, football. And, and I said two weeks. It's three weeks. Three weeks until uh, that game. Three weeks from tomorrow. That's going to come by fast. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And uh, I know a lot of people are probably starting to really gear up for their fantasy drafts as well i I know that our group chat has been talking more about it and we've been kind of talking about it i i did do a mock draft yesterday for the fantasy draft not for ours i one of the mock draft okay i was like dude get out of (laughs) here help me (laughs) will i do a first round mock draft for our league yes i will try to figure it out and i'm not above sending that text to be like hey what are you thinking with this pick? Yeah, you that's you're good with that. Cuz everyone in the league, man, people don't realize it, but I do because I'm around you enough and like just kind of understand the <laughs> the mind games you play in a little bit. It's like <laughs> you just come off so casual that people are like just so nonchalant. Like, dude, I'll tell them everything about myself. Like, of course, yeah, like <laughs> my deepest darkest secret and you're just like, "Why did I why did I tell you that? You asked me who I was taking in the fantasy draft and here we are." <laughs> But it's just like everyone's going to tell you, and you're going to roll in and be like, they're all letting this guy go. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, I assume that some people in our, our league will listen to this. Maybe they'll miss it. I hope they do. Because I think a lot of people that draft in front of me just assume, what's it matter? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. He, he drafts behind you. Yeah. He's picking 11. So there's like one guy who is probably like, I'm absolutely not telling him my strategy. Yeah. But what as the guy I will in do front is, of you, <laughs> I'm gonna figure out everybody else in front of me, and I'm gonna figure out my draft strategy. Like, okay, this is who I'm taking first. This is the the running back I'm gonna target, and then on the flip, this is who I'm taking. Yeah, I'm going quarterback round one. Yeah, you're a liar. I, I, I told you. you guys last year when I took Christian McCaffrey. He's like, I'm never doing that again. I'm taking a quarterback round one. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, two days ago, you said receiver. Mixing it up with your little smirk on your face. You try to be. <laughs> I can't. So I can't hold it in, man. It's just like in my mind, I'm like, ooh, I'm tricking him. Ooh, Again, I got him. <laughs> I told you this before too. I'll remember like some of the dumbest little details that people tell me. You tell me like major information, and I'll be like, forgot it. That's what I was getting ready. But to the just fact that like on Monday on. <laughs> you were like, no, I'm drafting a receiver. That stuck with me. <laughs> Uh, then you try to pull a fast one on me and be like, no, quarterback, quarterback all the way. I could see you do it. Go quarterback, though. I'll just, I'll be completely 100% genuinely honest. I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to (laughs) do. I mean, we'll see when we get there that day and what everyone else is doing, but I just, I know it's going to be a heavy Raiders draft and a heavy Chiefs draft as well, especially right there in the first round. So it's going to be interesting to see who kind of falls through our fantasy draft and how that works out and plays out, but it's going to be fun. It always is. So, can't wait to find yeah. an Uber home. Um, a lot of people take a uh, quarterback first pick. They do. <laughs> Some people got tricked into doing that, and it worked out very well for them. I know. I am. A, I'm the guy who says like running back, no matter what. I'm going to take a running back in the first round. Um, I'm not against taking a quarterback in the first round, though. Yeah, and I mean, in our league, you almost kind of have to, to be honest, because they just score so many points. Yeah, and like by the time you get to where you want a quarterback, you're not getting the guy you wanted in the first round. Maybe a a little bit of it is like, oh, I want I want this guy like Mahomes. He's you know the quarterback of my favorite team. Mm -hmm. I want him. I'm not against taking a quarterback there. Taking one in the second round, though, I'm I'm all about. If that's what you want to do, do it. At the same time, (laughs) I'm the guy who takes the quarterback in like round six or seven. (laughs) I'll roll with Matt Ryan again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Go. I do that every time, and it kills me. Uh, so yesterday we looked at uh, running backs, and we talked about them a little bit, but I I didn't make my list. And then this morning I kind of started doing it just mm-hmm. to make my list of okay, who would I target as a running back in fantasy football, not real football. Yesterday we talked a lot of real football. Today is fantasy football. I did put Jonathan Taylor as RB one mm-hmm. in fantasy football. I do expect another big year. For him, uh, that division's not real scary defensively. The offensive line that he has is scary. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big Matt Ryan guy, but he's going to be so much better than Carson Wentz was. Oh, 100%. And he's going to be so much smarter and quicker at getting the ball out of his hand. So it's like, if it's not downfield, let me dump it off to a reliable running back. And that's honestly one thing Matt Ryan really never had in Atlanta was a dependable, reliable running back that could explode at any moment. You know, we had some guys here and there that were like, okay, you know, maybe you have something, and then it just wouldn't pan out. You'd get like one year of success there. But with Jonathan Taylor and the way he's playing, I don't think last year was just a one-and-done kind of deal. I think this is going to be something we need to get used to seeing, and that's the reason why I have him at number one as well. Have you looked at his numbers recently? Because I'll tell you, I forgot how good he was. Jonathan Taylor? Uh-huh. Uh, I think I looked at him yesterday. Didn't he have like 1,800 yards? 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. Yeah. It was insane. It was like every week he had one play where he would just burst through the hole and be gone. Yeah, and when average they, uh, the uh, all five or nothing five yards did, a carry. Yep. It's nuts. The all or nothing they did last year wasn't that. It was the hard knocks that they did in the middle of the season. Uh-huh. I didn't watch it, but I saw a clip out on social media where it was like all the coaches were like, you know, the most fun thing about calling these plays to Jonathan Taylor is like every coach is watching it because you don't know which one he's going to explode on, but you know he will on one of them eventually. 
It's just like, as a fan and, you know, of football and seeing what the Colts are going to do, as a Colts fan too, not me, just other Colts fans, that's got to be exciting. Where it's like, man, Carson Wentz blows. Jonathan Taylor, though, pretty fun. Yeah. And I think with Matt Ryan, he's going to open up more things. I don't know if you can duplicate 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. That's just, that's asking for a lot. Yep. Um, But even if he gets to, I can't imagine him getting less than 1,200 yards. 12 touchdowns, maybe. Uh, he's got to do. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised if fifteen hundred, you know, right? eighteen I, touchdowns again. Like he's just going to be so much more efficient in the passing game as well. Because Matt Ryan, like I said, is just going to get the ball up. out of his hand. He's not athletic, so he's not going to try and extend plays like we saw Carson do. It's just going to be like, is the ball there? Is the read here? Nope. Okay, I'm going to put it where I need to and where the ball belongs, and we're just going to keep on moving, boys. Yeah, and then uh, you also had Jonathan Taylor yep. as your number one running back. Your number two running back, though. I just I finally went with it. Austin Eckler, he deserves to be up here. He finishes right there, damn near the top every single year in terms of fantasy. He does have value. Last year we talked or we talked about it yesterday how successful he was last year at running the football. It was his first year that he was that efficient on the ground. But it's still the fact that I think he had almost over seventy receive or seventy receptions. And that's like why he finishes up near the top, because the Chargers will just dink and dunk their way down the field with Austin Eckler, and it's just productive every single week with him. Which is like, okay, there's nothing downfield. Boom, let's go with Austin Eckler again. Gain five, six, seven yards at a time right here in the middle, and we'll just keep moving. Yeah, and number three for you, let's go through your top five. Yeah, so number three is going to be Derrick Henry. Everybody knows why. Number four, I went Dalvin Cook, but there was a part of me that wanted to put him a little bit higher just because I think or I hope I'm rooting for that this is a year that he can stay healthy and be more efficient. And I think with everyone and defenses having to respect Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen more with the Vikings, it's going to kind of open everything up for Dalvin Cook once again if he stays healthy. Number five, Aaron Jones. We know the Packers have a lot of young guys on the team, but we've also seen Aaron Jones and the running backs at the time be an efficient part of that offense in the passing game for Aaron Rodgers. And I think this year he will be even more without having Devontae Adams and having some younger guys on that team. So Aaron Rodgers is going to need somebody to trust that he can throw the football to at any point in the game, and that's going to be Aaron Jones, even if A.J. Dillon is taking a, you know, a bulk of the carries in terms of running or some of those close down yardage situations, I still think Aaron Jones is productive more in terms of the passing game for the Packers. Yeah, in my top five that I did, uh, both of us agreed on Jonathan Taylor. Then I did go Derrick Henry, then Dalvin Cook, then Austin Eckler. And then I'm surprised I didn't see this guy on your list, Joe Mixon. I've been burned too many times, man. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the crazy thing. But when you go even down the list of running backs, like Jonathan Taylor, he's probably going to play every game. Yep. Derrick Henry, he's coming off of an injury. He's probably going to play every game. Dalvin Cook, he's probably going to play 12 to 14. They're going to be really good, though. And that's why I have him at number three. Austin Eckler, I'm a little bit nervous about. I put him at four, but we looked at him yesterday in this year that he had last year. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he can duplicate that year of the 12 rushing touchdowns. Um, So I'm a little bit cautious on him, but I think if if you wanted to be aggressive... That's maybe your move at running back because it was a new offense last year with a new head coach. He might be able to come in in year two with this system and do it again. But I am a little bit cautious of Austin Eckler. Then I did put Joe Mixon in there as well. I think that that offense can be good. They might win less games but be better offensively. 
Yeah, especially with the additions to the offensive line. I do think it can be interesting to see what Joe Mixon does because I had him at number seven, so then I put Najee Harris at six. Mm-hmm. I still think he's a huge point of that offense, and he was very efficient running the football and catching the ball. My only concern is that having him at six is who's your quarterback and how well and how efficiently can they get you the football to let you do what you do. Because Ben Roethlisberger at least has the experience of like, okay, hey, nothing downfield, don't want to force it, let me just drop it off. Or the play calls are going to Najee Harris because you know he's kind of the main focal point of the offense with Juju Smith-Schuster being down, Deontay Johnson you know, kind of struggling a little bit, Chase Claypool being covered. So Najee Harris is still going to be a big part of that offense. I just don't know how much value he's going to bring in terms of fantasy with a new quarterback heading into this next season. I had him at six. As well, for the same reasons, too. The offensive line questions, the quarterback questions. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, which is why he's he's still top 10 running back for me. And he might pay off because I do think that he's a guy that can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. But it's still like with some of these guys, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, it's it's like a do it again for me. Show yep. me one more time and then I'll be in on you. But it's so hard to at the running back position. Uh, number seven for me, I go Nick Chubb, eight Aaron Jones, you are a little bit lower on those guys. Uh, you're higher on Aaron Jones. You had him at yep. five. Aaron Jones scares me a little bit because the shared carries. Yep. That was my hesitation. AJ Dillon too. has looked very good. In, like They love to just I mean, pound the rock sometimes. Like The Packers are like, hey, buck the passing game. Let's just go ahead and run the ball here. Like We're not doing this. Let's just get the ball going. We'll get the running game going, and then boom, we can you know play action and hit something deep. But that's where I thought like Aaron Jones is going to be at least a reliable target early on for Aaron Rodgers, and that'll bring that value. So that's why I had him up at five. But number eight for me, I did go Christian McCaffrey. I was very hesitant putting him at eight. But at the same time, it's it's still Christian McCaffrey. And if he's on the field and he's playing, he's going to be good. He catches the ball. Might he be runs the ball. Games. But he's, if he's healthy, that's a big if right now. Yeah, He's going to be explosive, and he's still going to be the Christian McCaffrey we all know and love. Mm-hmm. I had McCaffrey at nine. Yep. Um, he also might be on my do not draft list. That's kind of where in the first round he is going to be on my do not draft list. I would rather take a chance on another running back. I, number 10. I, I know Matt put it in the chat too. And we talked about him a lot yesterday is Javante Williams for me. Yep. I think that Broncos offensive line is much better. Oh, 100%. And then and bringing in Russell Wilson. Yep. I do think that Javante Williams could be – I don't even know if by the time we do our draft, by the time August rolls around, I don't know if Javante Williams is going to be a sleeper because I think so many guys are going to be co- labeling him that. Yeah, and so, because – like, You can't be a sleeper if everybody's talking about him. 100%. That's what I was going to say to you. It's like we're all going to be talking about him. The guys that are in our league that listen to the show are going to know about him. So it's just not like we can kind of slide it in there and like, ooh, no one's really paying attention to Javante Williams. But you did mention one name that concerns me with Javante Williams, and that's Russell Wilson. Is he going to be willing to drop the ball off? Is he just going to be able to willing to just kind of dump it and let him eat? Or is he just going to want to just let Russ cook? Because we saw the our report yesterday or the day before that the Broncos are tailoring an offense around Russell Westbrook to let him throw the football. Well, no yeah. shit. That's what you should do. Right. But at the same time, <laughs> it's exactly just like, how I felt about does it. that take away 
from Javante Williams in the passing game to where he's only efficient on the ground because he can't do both. And there's Melvin Gordon as well there, who mm-hmm. we have seen be good in terms of the passing game for the Broncos and the Chargers in years past. So that's going to be interesting. But for me, I had Javante Williams at 11. So at 9, I went DeAndre Swift right after Christian McCaffrey at 8. And I went with Swift because I thought he had a pretty good year last year. They just reached a point to where everyone knew that's the Lions offense right now is going to be DeAndre Swift. You know, if we stop him in the passing game or we put them in a situation where they have to run or they can't get the running game going, this offense kind of stalls out. But if DeAndre Swift is rolling, and we have seen him be very good in the passing game and we've seen him be very good in the running game as well, he could be a guy that finishes up here near the top in terms of fantasy. And honestly, he is kind of my sleeper because I don't feel like a lot of people talk about him and a lot of people just kind of overlook it and what he did last year. His numbers may not be through the roof, but with that offense that they had last year, I thought it was pretty damn good for DeAndre Swift. Yeah, he was my running back one coming out of that draft class. Mm-hmm. Landed with Detroit. Could you imagine yeah. if he would have been in Kansas City? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh. I was making my list, and there were a couple guys from that draft class that I put on here. Clyde Edwards Lair didn't make the cut. I went he did not. 15 deep, and uh, I did not consider him. Jonathan Taylor from that draft class. Could have had him. Uh, who'd you just say? Um, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Could have had him. Yep. Did I say Russell Westbrook talking about the Broncos? I thought I said Russell Wilson. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's pot. You know who I'm. Mean. Uh, Cam Akers, also from that draft class. Yeah. And J.K. Dobbins, also from that draft class. Love Are to see it. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it. It sucks. Yep. It's, it's whatever, though. Maybe he'll have, maybe Clyde Edwards Alaire will have. Himself a breakout year. This is the year to do it if he's going to. Uh, to finish out and round out my top ten, though, I did put Alvin Kamara, uh, or Kamara, excuse me. Um, I know he's going to miss the first six games, but when he comes back, he's going to be the offense for the Saints. He just is. That's mm-hmm. how good and efficient he is. And like you said, you're playing for the playoffs. So if you take him later in the draft, he's going to be there, and he's still going to be good that second half of the season, and he's going to be fresh. You're going to draft Alvin Kamara before me, and you're going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> I'm going to die laughing. It's 100% probably going to happen. <laughs> My life will end because I will be on the floor laughing hysterically. <laughs> All because I said something along the lines of, I draft players for the playoffs, not for the first six weeks. And I'm over here like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. God is this. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with Kamara. A lot of running backs going to be in play for me in the first round. I am, I'm going to stay away from a lot of the other positions. Yeah. Was there uh, anyone outside of your top ten that you kind of have your eye on, though, heading into the season in terms of Oh, things? wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> yeah I, oh, I was going to say man you're really not going to tell alright <laughs> I do have some sleepers uh, a couple of them outside of my top 10 even uh, again Javante Williams I don't know if he's if we can keep calling him a sleeper because I think I mean hell there's three of us right now that I've seen already label him a sleeper mm-hmm. I think more people are going to as well but uh, David Montgomery is a name that I'm watching I think you can get him pretty late, and I think he brings some pretty good value. Now, also, I have a thing for Iowa State running backs. I thought he played really well last year, and I'm kind of betting on a breakout season for him in year four. You get another year with Justin Fields, uh, confident in the NFL, bringing in a new coaching staff. So David Montgomery is definitely a name that I'm looking for 
maybe late. Maybe he's, maybe I don't rely on him as my running back too. Mm-hmm. But man, if he's my third running back, I'm going to feel very good about that. Yep. Uh, one thing that I like to kind of keep an eye on and like, not necessarily evaluate players, but just kind of like paying attention to them as they go through the NFL is when they do uh, the mic'd up, like when they're mic'd up, you know, during the game and you get to hear them talk through pregame practice, you know, warming up and everything like that before the game and into the game. And David Montgomery was a player who really caught my eye last year because I noticed the first time that I ever heard him mic'd up, he was kind of hesitant. He just really didn't show like a whole lot of personality. And in this last season, I saw him and I mean, he was just everywhere like you can just tell he was just flowing with confidence like okay hey i've got it figured out i'm more comfortable here i know what my role is i know what i need to do what needs to be done and how to do it effectively and efficiently and to help better this team and i do agree with you i think david montgomery could be one of those guys who comes in and runs the ball more effectively and is a bigger part of that offense because he catches the ball so well they haven't really people kind of underrate that yeah in, in that role, his second year in the league, he caught 54 passes. Last year, he caught 42. I think that he could be a 60-catch guy. I mean, he really he does mm-hmm. catch the ball very well out of the backfield. That just wasn't part of that offense. Uh, another guy that I have is, is kind of a sleeper as well. Brooks even put it in the chat, but Leonard Fournette. Yeah. was very good with Tampa Bay last year, and he was kind of even splitting carries in time. I, and he's still young. He could be, he could be a sleeper somehow. The guy that was like on the Sports Illustrated cover is like mm-hmm. a junior in high school or whatever. He's only twenty-seven years old. Yeah, it's coming off of a really good season. I I think that we could see greatness from him. He caught sixty-nine balls last year. I hate the fact that <laughs> Brooks even brought it up in the chat that you mentioned it, but I do have his name on my list actually at twelve, right behind Alvin Kamara and Javante Williams. I didn't realize how many receptions Leonard Fournette had last season. Mm-hmm. Like he was so much, he was more of a factor in the passing game than I realized, and honestly, kind of just expected from him. I thought he was just more like gonna run the ball. We all saw the clip last year, like where every time he catches or runs the ball or blocks, he like giggles for some reason. Like that just a heel turned on him with that. I was like, that's such a silly thing, but it's funny, and I like it because for some reason I just I started to just almost despise Leonard Fournette. Maybe because of he just looked like he was thirty in college, and then came to the Jaguars and just had this like ego to him that they were just super good. And he well, he was also really the guy. Wasn't. Was it his rookie season? Mm-hmm. Maybe they came out and said like the SEC is tougher. Yes, in the NFL, like man, shut up. Yep. And but like now that he's gone to Tampa and he's played <laughs> and won a Super Bowl with them, he's he has kind of like rejuvenated his career and he has yep. my respect and my attention. And I do think he could be a guy that you target, you know, in the second or third round right there for running backs where he could be, you know, a very good starting running back for your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last sleeper, another one is JK Dobbins. I think JK Dobbins like could be very good this year coming back off that ACL. Uh, see what the Ravens do. You might have Lamar Jackson with a chip on his shoulder. Everybody talking about how he's not a top 10 quarterback. Um, we'll see what he does. Uh, coming off the ACL, he's not a guy I would target early, but I think you could probably draft him, I would assume, pretty late in some of your drafts just mm-hmm. because he's he's kind of not on he's not on people's minds right now yep. because he did miss last year. So, But he was very good before when he was healthy, and the, those ACL injuries just don't scare me as much anymore. 
No, definitely not. Especially, I mean, shit, who was it last year that Cam Akers came back after an Achilles injury? Like, right there towards the end, it was just like, how in the hell did you do this in every year? And you're still good. I mean, you wouldn't want a damn Super Bowl because of it. We're coming off the injury. Uh, for me, though, my last sleeper is going to be James Conner. I know he's already established in the league, but he was really good last year with the Cardinals. He had a yeah, career year. good yeah, for the Cardinals last year. I, I know it was Made also kind of a, a contract year, too, so maybe that played into it. But still, I mean, old two first names, James Conner, looking pretty damn good over there. I kind of like it. I'm about it. I, I think it, you have to root for James Conner. Just the story coming out of Pittsburgh to college. Yep. Um, he worries me a little bit because he had 15 rushing touchdowns last year. It's like, are you going to be able to do that again? Yeah. And that Arizona offense, again, uh, sleeper can mean so many different things, though. Am I drafting him in the first or second round? No. If he slides, you get him around four or five, just yeah. kind of sitting there. Absolutely. Right. Uh, now, a couple of very popular names Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. I think that I'm putting them on my do not draft list. Christian McCaffrey, there's absolutely no way. I will not take him with, again, in our, our main league that we do, I pick at 11, and then I'll pick again at 14. I'm not taking him with either one of those picks. Saquon <laughs> Barkley, not taking not taking him for sure with either one of those picks. Uh-huh. Zeke Kelly, I don't think I would either. Best shape of his life, third year in a row. I do think that Tony Pollard is going to steal some carries and touches from him. I, I agree with you, I, and I think we mentioned a little bit yesterday that I'm kind of hoping and rooting for that this is year Tony Pollard just kind of takes over and be kind of – not kind of, just does become the main running back for the Cowboys moving forward. And we just see Ezekiel just fall off a little bit. Realize, like, hey, it's just kind of maybe over in Dallas. It's just not working out anymore. Now we say this, he's probably going to have a stellar year. But I am very hesitant on taking Zeke or Saquon. Miles Sanders is another one that I'm hesitant on. I can't, deti- I, excuse me, I can't decide if I'm hesitant on, like, do not draft or if I'm going to consider him a sleeper. Because my reasoning on that is just a play calling from the Eagles. Last year when the fans were just outraged and were like, let's just run the fucking ball and yep. give it to Miles Sanders, we saw like a whole other side of that, you know, Eagles offense was like, okay, hey, look at the way they're they're moving the ball down the field so much so much better, easier almost. It makes things easier for Jalen Hurts to play quarterback as well. And so it's like, okay, do they realize that and continue that into this next season and it helps them out? Or is it like, well, we're just gonna kinda get away from that. We added AJ Brown here, you know, we have another year of our receivers here. With Dallas Goddard being our main tight end, let's just kind of air this puppy out. And that takes away from Miles Sanders. And that's, One other sleeper, yeah, that's though. That's what scares me about Sanders as well, too. It's not ability. It's usage. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any rushing touchdowns last year. No. Not a one. I, I don't think they really started running the ball effectively with him till about midway, maybe the last he, quarter into the season. He didn't have a single touchdown last year. He didn't even catch one. Jesus. That's tough. <laughs> like so, that I mean, it kind of finalizes the do not draft list. But if they do, it's the usage, like you just said. That was a perfect word for it. One other sleeper though that I forgot to mention: Michael Carter with the Jets. No, he's a rookie last year, but when they started using him in the offense, he started to get pretty good. His numbers are kind of mediocre, but again, that's because they didn't really start to find the flow of that offense with you know Zach Wilson a quarterback, and then you know him being banged up and other guys coming in and playing. And it was the same thing with Michael Carter, which is like, all right, how are we using this guy? Are we using him in the passing game? Are we using him in the running game? Where is he more beneficial to our offense? He's a guy that I'm kind of keeping an eye on in terms of like a lower 
very towards the end of the draft where it's like, okay, do I want another you know depth piece in terms of running back? Michael Carter is a name for me to consider. You also have to think about Brees Hall, who's yep. also there, though, which is another one of those things. It's like, ah, okay, who's going to establish himself as the guy? And mentally, I kind of compared it to the Packers with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, mm-hmm. where it's like Brees Hall is going to be the workhorse in terms of running the ball. Michael Carter, Aaron Jones, more the receiver back, receiving back. Hmm. I might go opposite. Brees Hall catches the ball so well, too. Well, damn. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I, <laughs> I question the Jets. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a huge one. And that's why, again, Every, where I just— Make your I'm, Zach Wilson jokes. Oh, he's got that dog in him. I don't know if he does on the field. <laughs> he's gotten <laughs> a little thicker. He might. Mom's friend doesn't mean you can read a defense. Or I would love to see <laughs> Zach Wilson them just run like an RPO, and he just keeps it and just lowers his shoulder right over a DB, and then from there on, it's just like okay, just pop right back up and go back to the huddle, or just take like a big shot along the sideline and just get up and run back, and everyone's gonna be like, okay, he's got that dog on and off the field. I still don't like him. There's something about him, man. He's just he's got the most punchable face right now. I know I I used to say it was Mason Rudolph. It is 100% Zach Wilson. Yeah. He just he looks entitled. He just yes, thank you. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. And I don't know that he is. I really don't. I mean, if you got to have something with your mom's friend. I think there's a little bit of entitlement. One hundred percent. Assume. Yeah. I don't care. It's if funny. an older woman is enjoying the confidence of a young man, he's entitled. <laughs> <laughs> right. A couple of those other rookie running backs too. Kenneth Walker. Where's he at? Seattle. I think. Yes. Yep. 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 I think that he could be very late. Very late target. Uh, James Cook in Buffalo. Oh, That's I forget about that one. Too. Dalvin Cook's younger brother. A lot of people don't know that. Exactly. <laughs> I I think he could establish himself as the running back one, kind of the workhorse there in that running back room. He also catches the ball very well out of the backfield. And then a guy we mentioned earlier, uh, Travis Etienne, his first year in Jacksonville, uh, caught the ball so well at Clemson that they toyed around with moving him to receiver. I, he's He's one to watch. As well. Hard to tell because we haven't seen him play yet. Uh, but a lot of good running backs in this draft. Um, I will take at least one high. That has always been my strategy and will continue to be. Um, another one of my strategies is to go visit Roper Kia. Check out their mm. inventory online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike'd Up, you get $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. You better believe it. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Be sure to visit them right there at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you visit the website and see what they have available. So be sure to do that again at Gunspot.com. Bryce asked a question in the chat, and I think it's a good, fair one, especially with all the fantasy talk this, uh, this episode. Anyone else worried about a regression from Stafford and Cup? 100%. Yep. I think that both of them are definitely going to be overdrafted. I told you I did a little ESPN mock draft thing the other day, and the very first pick overall was Cooper Cup. I didn't even get to my pick. I closed out and thought, this one is stupid. I'm not even going (laughs) to entertain this. I'm not waiting until pick 11. Uh, Cooper Cup should not be the first player draft maybe if your league has some some crazy ppr leagues and points and stuff like that maybe i had cooper cup i love him he's always been my guy i expect a lot of regression but again like 
you just can't live up to those numbers that he put up <laughs> last year. And he if he does, holy crown cow. For receiving catches, yeah. yards, and touchdowns. You just don't do that. <laughs> if he does that again, if he can just – he had 145 catches last year. Yeah. If he catches 120, that's a regression, a big one. That's going to happen. The 1,900 <laughs> it, receiving yards? Especially yeah, with the – Take 300 yards off of that, and he's still like almost an MVP guy. 16 receiving touchdowns. So I think you're going to see a big regression – from Cooper Cup, but the only reason is it's just going to be so hard to duplicate what he did. I think he's going to be back to around 100, 110 catches. Which is still a good season. Yeah, he he might still be wide receiver one, but I do think you're going to see some regression. Now, I'm rooting for him. I would (laughs) love to see him do it again. Yeah. Because that's that's my dude, but you're going to see regression. He's probably still going to be drafted in the first round of most leagues. Most definitely. My only concern, though, is like with the addition of Allen Robinson, does he get some of those, not necessarily jump balls, but maybe just like Matthew Stafford's like, okay, hey, I'm just going to get to a bigger body guy down the field. Instead of just trying to force it to cup in a tight window, I have another option here. That's kind of my concern. And the same thing with Cam Akers being involved in the offense, too, is you know how much are they just kind of starting to spread the ball around and then hitting cup on not necessarily big plays, but they're just the explosive plays kind of come because of the flow of the offense to Cooper Cup instead of it necessarily not necessarily feeling forced to him. Yeah, that would be my question. I do think that the Rams' offense is still going to be very good. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, to answer Bryce's question, I do think there is going to be some regression, but again, it still might be good enough to draft those guys and rely on them. Like uh, you know, my strategy of waiting on quarterbacks. If Matt Stafford's there again for me late. <laughs> I'm probably going to do it. I'm going to really hope that he doesn't have those kind of weeks where he throws three interceptions. Yep. Uh, there were times last week or last season he was getting me zero points. Yeah. Because he would throw for like 190 yards, 150 of them would be to Cooper Cup. He'd throw one touchdown, and three interceptions. <laughs> I, that happened on more than one occasion. Yep. Late in the season. I think I even had to toy with the like, am I going to have to bench him? <laughs> is this, this is going to happen for me late in the season. Um, here's another name for you. Where do you think he kind of ends up with uh, AJ Brown for the Eagles now being you know traded from Tennessee, playing with Jalen Hurts at quarterback? What do you think his numbers are looking like, especially Not- with Dallas Goddard and uh, Smith being there as well? I would love to see him emerge as that top receiver, especially for Jalen Hurts because I like him as well. Even A.J. Brown, he's been super talented. He's been banged up a lot. Mm-hmm. He was last year as well. He And he hasn't been anything extraordinary. So I'm not high on A.J. Brown in fantasy football. I liked the trade that they made mm-hmm. to go out and get a wide receiver one. But he hasn't been extraordinary. Maybe that is because he's been playing in Tennessee where they just turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Yeah. But he's not a guy I would be drafting super You like him in real-life football, not necessarily for fantasy. Yeah, I think he's a good receiver. He just hasn't really been used a lot, and I don't know how much he's going to be used in that offense. Yep. I like Jalen Hurts. I don't know how good he's going to be. That's my question. I mean, the Eagles, this is the year for them to figure it out. Is he the guy or is he not? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's been like a spoken narrative. Speaking of uh, trying to figure out are they the guy or not, 
um, our Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. and Orlando Brown uh, in the news because uh, yesterday it kind of came out. It was something we were talking about earlier in the week of like, hey, that deadline's on Friday. Uh, so the deadline for him to sign an extension is Friday. And then there were reports last night that they are not even close on a contract. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit more in our, our radio show, uh, which is very Chiefs heavy. And even yesterday, we were kicking around contract details. Like, oh, what what might he ask for? And just going and looking at what some of these other left tackles are making. And we kind of, I think you said it, uh, to try to get him around you know, 20 mm-hmm. would be nice. That would make him the fourth highest paid left tackle in the game. And it would make him paid higher than Ronnie Stanley, who is the current left tackle for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, I'd be like, deal. <laughs> you know, that's twenty more million dollars than I have right now. Then the bad news dropped. Yep, is that Orlando Brown is looking to reset the left tackle market, which would put is. him around twenty-five mil is what he's asking for. The highest, the current highest paid left tackle is Trent Williams at twenty-three. Who is also like 33, 34 years old. 34 years old. He's also like, he's the best left tackle in football. Yeah, dude's a stud. And the Chiefs were willing to pay him the $20, $23 million last year. He just ended up choosing San Francisco over Kansas City. Yeah, he wanted that long-term yeah. deal that kind which, of Kansas City balked at, which yeah. I'm still fine with that. The Orlando Brown trade, though, I, I've i never been a real big fan of it. I start, I've started to come around to it every once in a while, but even... Even now, I'm like, I, I don't know that you should pay him $25 million. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know who you replace him with and what you do. If you, you, He's not going to just walk. He's, he's going to play the season on the franchise tag. But there were even reports yesterday that he, he might miss training camp and that week one is in question. Yep. That's frustrating. When I put it, my Chiefs fan hat on. Like, just fucking go play, man. Yeah, like, don't be that fucking guy. I mean, honestly, like, you're our fans are already hesitant to be like, okay, is this guy even worth the contract? You just traded a first rounder last year to bring you in to play left tackle. You did a good job. I wouldn't say you did a fantastic or great job, but you did a good job. You did good enough. Appreciate it. But now to come in and be like, now you're going to pay me the highest, the left tackle. You played one solid year at left tackle. Do it again. Like, that's what I'd be like if I was the Chiefs. Like, you're getting a guaranteed $16 million this next year on the franchise tag. Just go ahead and play under that. Now, this, now that can come back to bite you in the ass because if he does play left tackle again on a contract year and does very well and the Chiefs have a successful season and the offensive line is solid and we see, you know, an uptick in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and what he can do on the ground and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is more comfortable standing in the pocket and distributing the ball around to the receivers instead of playing that backyard bullshit that the Kansas City Chiefs usually play. It's one of those deals where Orlando Brown's going to come back and say, okay, hey, I was asking for 23, 24 last year. Now I want 25 or 26. And the Chiefs are going to be like, fuck. Because you're already paying Joe Tooney a ton of money. You're going to have to eventually play, uh, pay Creed Humphrey, who's going to be one of the best centers, if not the best center in the NFL already. Trent, uh, oh my gosh, his name's Trey Smith, excuse me, the right guard, is also very good. You maybe found the right tackle of the future in Darren Kennard later in the fourth or fifth round of the draft this last year. That could be exciting. But if you're sitting here dealing with this left tackle in this entire time while paying Patrick Mahomes a ton of money, Travis Kelsey's getting good money, you don't really have a solidified guy at receiver right now, and you're going to throw all that money into the offensive line, I get it in terms of protecting Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know how I feel as a Chiefs fan paying a left tackle $25, $26 million. I don't know how I feel paying that left tackle $25 million. If the Chiefs had Ronnie Stanley and he was like, I want 25 mil. 
give it to him <laughs> to go for it. <laughs> I have no hesitation. Reset the market. Like, that's what you do for. But I, I question Orlando Brown. I always have. Maybe it's the Oklahoma thing. Yeah. Maybe it's the absolute dog shit performance at the combine. He almost Maybe just it's looks the right tackle. Oh, I don't want to play here. I want to be a left tackle thing. I just even last year, I don't think he was that good. He wasn't reset the tackle position good. Yeah, I mean, if there's someone out there that evaluates offensive linemen that efficiently, and it's just like, yeah, he deserves it. We need to talk to him. Have a guy in mind. But it's still just like, is that person going to be willing to sit there and talk about another man's money? Like that's, you know what I mean? That's the question with this. Like, is he deserving of that amount of money? I would almost just rather see the Chiefs just trade him and another pick to go get another left tackle. To be yeah, honest with you, I, I did see some talks. Um, they could franchise him again, which I if he's already going to you know try to do this holdout stuff, mm-hmm. which I get. You want that guaranteed money. But they could try to franchise tag him again so you could keep him for two more years yeah. this season and the next season. I am a big fan of that. I know it's not always uh, great for the player and they don't love it, but I do think it's something to at least explore. Yeah, because like you said, in a couple of years, they are going to have those Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith contracts, which I absolutely love both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Even with Creed Humphrey, I, I try to pretend that he didn't go to OU – Trey Smith has become one of my favorite offensive linemen. Obviously, I'm a Chiefs fan, but yeah, yeah I mean, he was so good. One of the best steals in recent history, not just from his draft class. To yep. get that kind of production, I think he can be a Pro Bowler this season. And you got him in the sixth round. Um, and again, just the, the kind of question marks that I have with Orlando Brown. And also, I did a search this morning, like, okay, let's do a little research for the Orlando Brown stuff. And so I just went to Twitter. Mm -hmm. I typed in Orlando Brown. And if you've also done that this morning, there's not only an Orlando Brown Jr., there's also this (laughs) – he was a child actor. I think he was like a Disney actor. Yeah. He's making some claims about some people. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) I know I brought it up, but um, (laughs) he's sharing information about Nick Cannon and Bow Wow that is just wild. (laughs) So this morning I I go and I log in. I do the Orlando Brown search. And uh, I'm like, why is Orlando Brown talking about Nick Cannon? And to me, Lil Bow Wow like this. It took me a good five minutes before I realized there's an actor named Orlando Brown and that he is the one talking about <laughs> doing acts with uh, Lil Bow Wow. I think – so there's a male Bow Wow that we all know. I think there's also a female Bow Wow whose Instagram no. is – is oh. Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. That bomb-ass P <laughs> is referring to – like Mike version, <laughs> Lil Bow Wow. I I was shocked this morning <laughs> when I big started. yikes, big yikes in the hip hop world, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, absolute wild times. Um, also, you can have some wild times yourself by going to Club Six Oh Nine with that great happy hour of theirs from two o'clock until eight o'clock, featuring their two for one drink specials and two dollar draft pours at Club Six Oh Nine.
Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They've been here for a while, so they know what they're doing. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website at downtownlube.com to see their full list of services. Even if you're not in the area, just go check out the website. It's very well built, very nice. Mark Getter is very proud of it. Want to make sure he is still seeing a bump up in visitors to the website, even if you're not in the area because it helps it become more popular in our area, even if you're looking at it somewhere else. So, again, downtownlube.com. Again, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need your oil change or your tire service. So make sure you get that done and taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. Uh, looking at the chat, uh, Bryce asked maybe a stupid question. Is the franchise tag fully guaranteed? Yes. Uh, yes, sir. It is. That $16 million fully guaranteed for him. Uh, Brooks says they, uh, I'd pay Brown more than Stanley. Stanley has played 10 games the last two years. That's a good point. Uh, I get that, but I also think one is significantly better than the other when yep. they're on the field. I mean, and Jake came in, too, with some stats from PFF that he had the worst grade of his career last year. He struggled early, especially against elite pass rushers. Well, he also mentioned later on, too, uh, he's a good left tackle, but he's nowhere near elite. I completely agree with that, Jake. The other thing, too, that he mentioned is the pass rushers that are in the division. We cannot ignore that. They're, they got better. Everyone got better this offseason in terms of pass rush, except maybe the Broncos because they well, they lost Von Miller last year anyway, so it doesn't did even they, matter. They I still have they Chubb. somebody in, though. If they did, I have forgotten about it. It's because this offseason was absolutely bananas. Um, Please tell me no. No, I, I, I thought they did, but I don't see anybody on the See, I know the Raiders have Max Crosby and uh, his name someone came from the Cardinals. Oh, Randy Gregory. Oh, that is right from the Cowboys. Fuck. Yeah. So I mean, not that he's like <laughs> in the the tier of not like, to be like terrified Bosa of, but it's or, like or, or sorry, yeah. Joey Bosa or anything. But still, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory in any other division, you're like, oh shit, they've got two really good pass rushers. Yeah. <laughs> in this division, it's like pff. we got Chandler Jones and Max Crosby to worry about. We got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack to worry about. Yeah. Just God, give us a freaking so... break. Who do the Chiefs got? Frank the... Clark and George Karloftis. <laughs> Woo-hoo! The problem with the Broncos, though, is that their secondary is going to be so good that those guys are going to be able to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that AFC West, I know that everybody, ourselves included, keep talking about it. It's going to be so damn good. It is. Whoever comes out, I mean, you might as well just deem them the Super Bowl winner, honestly, if everyone stays healthy and it remains a competitive division all season long. Because getting out of that division is going to be difficult. There's no reason any of them are. It's going to be almost impossible to become or be a number one seed coming out of that division heading into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, every time that there's a matchup, whatever it is, Broncos, Raiders, like it should be a prime time game. Chargers, Broncos, that'd be fun to watch. Both secondaries against those receiving cores. Yeah. Everybody going to be just gunning for the Chiefs. Yep. As well. Uh, it will be fun. Uh, how about some would-you-rathers? Those are fun. Uh, let's start with this one. I, I I put it on here as a would-you-rather. I don't know what the deal is, man. Every time I go on a bike ride now, something stupid happens. Something crazy. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm attracting these birds and stuff. But I tell you, I, I learned last night that I'm more afraid of owls than I am turkeys, which is a no-brainer, I believe. But last night, I went on a, a little bike ride. I've been going in the evenings a little bit more because it's cooler. Mm-hmm. Last night, I'm riding the bike. I not Before that, let's back it up. I pull up to the trailhead where I like to park my truck, get my bike. Uh-huh. 
and there is a like a camper, like an RV, not from Mid America RV, <laughs> looks like a meth lab. Oh. And then I pull in a little bit closer. I'm even debating, like, should I even do this? Like, this looks sketchy. <laughs> there are two police officers there talking to the guy. So I'm like, well, now I have to stop and check this out. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? So I pull in roughly 30 feet away from them, questioning this guy. And I'm like, I think he might be going to jail. Or maybe I'm going to see a shootout or something. Yeah. The cops are like, oh, this is the guy that was coming to buy some drugs from you, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there's always problems on the... The trail that I go on. I don't know why I'm not smarter. I'm just like going a different one. Is this the trail with the uh, creek that you drove over or Similar. ride over? Same okay. creek. Different part of the trail. Less gotcha. hilly. Uh, but then uh, like before I even got out of my truck, like the cops get back in their car and they leave. So I think it must be fine. There's no problem. They left. They let him do his thing. But I was creeped out the whole time. And I did think this guy's definitely going to break into my truck as soon as those cops leave. Um, but whatever. I thought I was just freaking myself out. So I, I start riding, and uh, probably a half mile into my ride, there's a pile of women's clothing on the side of the trail. And I thought, I should call the cops. But I was like, they're just here. <laughs> wow. So I didn't. Um, <laughs> I did also do a search on Facebook today to be like, hey, did anything happen? It was <laughs> yeah, super weird. Man, do you remember what part of the trail it was in case that comes out? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew. It was so weird. But then I I saw other people, like there's a creek, so there were people down by the water, probably again like a half a mile ahead. So I was like, oh, it's probably like their clothes. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird part of town. It's a really nice trail. A lot of weird stuff goes on there. I would say. I, at least once a month, they, like – Police reports will come out and be like, this person was assaulted on the Frisco Greenway Trail. One oh. guy stole a car and drove it down the trail a couple months ago. It's wild. Uh, but last <laughs> night I'm, I'm riding and I see a deer crossing the trail. So uh -huh. I'm like, I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a picture. Like, that's cool. Like, not afraid this time because I really saw it and it looked fine. Mm -hmm. Behind the, the deer – comes a turkey. It's like the fucking jungle book of the Midwest or something. And I'm like, a, a fucking turkey again? Like, are you kidding me? But you guys was, friends hanging out? What the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Ace Ventura back there in the woods? <laughs> yeah. What's happening here? So I'm at a point in my trail where it's like, it's fine. I'll just turn around and I'll end it. I'll, I do like a down and back. So I'm like, I'll just end it here. I'll turn around and go the other way. I'm not trying to fuck with a yeah. deer and a turkey. I turn around and then I see this giant owl in a tree just staring at me. And I think in my mind I made it bigger than it actually is. I don't think owls get that big. It felt ginormous. They get pretty decent size. <laughs> so I'm just stuck there between a turkey and an owl like, where do I go? <laughs> what do I do? I had to stand there and kind of wait it out for a little bit. Here's the stupid part. Then two joggers come by and they're just like nothing. I'm standing there, like, off of my bike, like, am I going to have to fight this turkey or this owl? <laughs> I might have to ride a deer out of here. And they just, like, jog by me like nothing's going on. I wanted to be like, hey, fellas, there's a pile of women's clothes up there. You know anything about that? Maybe you should call the cops. It's just such a weird thing. They might, maybe they thought it was you because it's like, why is this guy yeah. got a bike but he's not riding it and there's a pile of women's clothes? Suspect. That's <laughs> yeah. a little sus. Uh, this is fishy. He definitely stole somebody's bike. Yeah. <laughs> 
But that uh, last night I did figure out more afraid of owls. I rode in the direction of the turkey. And then when I came back around, um, either the owl was gone or it was stalking me and I didn't see it. Owls are so fucking weird, though. And they're quiet, like literally, like <laughs> a silent flyer. And they fly so quickly, too. It's nuts. Yeah, you don't have to scare me anymore. I'm, I'm already there. Yeah. I didn't know I mean, they were silent. <laughs> yeah, when they fly, like that's why like uh, they hunt mice and stuff so well is because mice can't hear them. They'll just be up in a tree and it's just cool. like. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. They just, they're more of like a quick couple flaps and then they just glide through the air. And then they and did they their head. Their head is obviously. Yeah, just rotates all the way around. I ain't scared of shit. Uh, yeah. So uh, would you rather. I would, wouldn't. Would I don't think an owl would attack you. I think a turkey That's might everybody get. everybody says about birds. <laughs> yeah. So I do you're think... trying to finish a bike ride with no eyeballs. I don't think an owl's coming after your eyes. Oh, 100%. Talons th- on the head, they're bending down, and they're taking your eyes. That's the way I envision every bird attacking me. Yeah, I guess it's also, true. Yeah, but their talons alert. aren't going to wrap all the way around your whole head. Nope, nope. Here's where I'm proving you wrong. There's the television show. There's the podcast. What is it called? Uh, like the staircase or something like that where yeah. the lady falls down the stairs. There's an entire theory that she was attacked by an owl. And it, it left huge gashes on her head, and that that's why she fell down the stairs, because she was attacked by an owl. So now what? Now why am I the crazy person for being afraid? I'm of not bird? saying you're crazy. I'm just <laughs> the likelihood of you being attacked by an owl and it killing you. That's I mean that's a one one. I'm lady. more likely to be attacked by an owl than I am a shark. Uh, I would almost hope so. Because my ass ain't we're, getting in the water. Yeah, we're in the middle of the United States. <laughs> so, I mean. Unless sharks just decided, you know, to kind of figure out a way to. Odds are low. And, it's not impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me go other guys on this. That didn't work out how you went. That didn't go how you planned, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they have always creeped me out. My mom used to have like this porcelain owl in our house. I don't know why. But I always felt like it was watching me. I would turn that thing around when she wasn't looking. <laughs> so they would be like, nope, now you're facing the wall. <laughs> Little weird owl. So how long did you stand there and stare at this owl on the trail? Or like really have to Realistically, decipher? Realistically, three to four minutes. Three minutes? Oh, just paralyzed. <laughs> I'm thinking seconds. <laughs> I was thinking like three or four seconds. Your ass goes minutes. I had caught my breath and the soreness had set in before I rode again. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely because i had to wait for this deer oh you poor guy so like i'm riding the deer is on my right crossing to my left i had to wait for the deer and the turkey to cross all the way and then safely create some distance before i felt like i could ride past the turkey you need to get like a little horn on your bike to scare God. just like that like is gonna be your whistle. wildlife <laughs> you know people yeah. put those on their cars uh, yeah. i guess i need one for my bike and if it you is. get hit by a fucking deer, because the deer's going to be like, what's that noise? I'm running to it. Just whammy. <laughs> God, that'd be hysterical. I hope you I hope you recover fine. Man, that'd be one hell of a story for you to come back and be like, dude. Luckily, both deer that I've seen have been does. If I saw a buck, I'd shit my pants. I don't think you should necessarily worry about a buck until like fall. Like end of October, beginning of November when they're in the yeah. rut and they gain like an extra 20 to 30 pounds and they're just like aggressive, super aggressive and horny because it's like everything's a threat. At and I point, got to 
make a baby. I by deer season, I will be strapped up thanks to gunspot.com <laughs> and <laughs> I I'm you not ass a Rambo knife, man. Just pull it right like just like a like a sheath. Like just, you know what though? Even with uh, last night when I first started and I saw the meth lab, the mobile meth lab, I I thought I've got to start bringing something with mm-hmm. me out here. I would. I don't have like a pistol. But I um, would get in my head too much that like someone's stalking me. Yep. On that, like but you know the, what I mean? <laughs> maybe I'm a little paranoid, but that's the way I felt. Like until I saw the women's clothing, even I, I kept looking behind me. I'm like, this dude is probably gonna follow me out here and kill yeah. me. But I, I gotta, I gotta get like a knife or a sword. Maybe just to find a safer trail. <laughs> <laughs> like if I see a trail, it's like, oh, this many assaults have happened in the last six months. It's like. It's a it's a very very large trail though, I mean it's yeah. it's multiple miles. I don't know how long, but it goes for a very long way. So I only ride on parts of it. But there are a lot of reports of like, oh, this happened on the Frisco Greenway Trail, but mm-hmm. it is kind of a longer trail. So it's you know there's a lot of area for bad things to happen. But again, as our listeners know, we have a very bad homeless population here in Joplin. Yep. So sometimes. Uh, homeless people will go out there and literally pitch a tent and sleep out there. Yep. <laughs> Jake calls you Mellow Doolittle. Oh, man, that's great. You start I, fucking talking to animals, man. You come back like, I'm actually not scared of birds anymore. They just they gave me the reason why they attack eyes. My eyes are safe. Why does this keep happening to me? I feel like no one else has as many bird encounters as I do. Maybe well, it's just a in sign. the last two weeks, I've seen two deer on this trail. It's like, just a sign you need to overcome your fears. Just a sign yeah. to overcome the fears, man. You'll be good. Can I hunt on that property? I don't think so. What if next fall I got some doe tags <laughs> and I'm just out there riding my bike and the next thing you know. You just fucking knife the shit out of me. I go full red dead and I have a deer thrown over my shoulder as I finish my bike ride. Got it right there. <laughs> Along the don't mind me, folks. Kids and families trying to play in the creek. I'm up there field dressing a Just deer, <laughs> hanging it over the bridge. <laughs> as soon as uh, this dries out, I'm gonna have some good jerky. You guys yeah. want some? <laughs> I'll make sure to save you a jar. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what species of owl was it? Uh, big, big owl. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Spooky. Um, I don't uh, know. I don't know species. You know, owls are used. Brooks does mention it here in the chat as well. Owl statues are used for scaring birds away from homes and windows. Maybe you just put an owl statue on your. No, don't put an owl statue on your bike because if an owl thinks it's another owl riding his bike, it's like I'm gonna go fucking join. <laughs> then that I thing. get fucked by an owl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank uh. you. No, uh, Brooks. I have seen those before though, uh, and I did think about getting it because also I'm afraid of all birds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have a front porch that birds will nest on my front porch. <laughs> So I did think about getting a uh, little owl statue thing to put up there, yeah. but I went with a simpler option. Birds are also afraid, afraid of like their own reflection and stuff, so I put some aluminum foil up there, mm. and that has helped. Really? Mm-hmm. You've got aluminum foil stuffed all up in your <laughs> yeah, I mean front porch? It, just like up on the top. Like You wouldn't notice it unless oh, okay. you're looking for it. Thinking you just got to, like, just keeping the aliens away, the, man. The whole ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> coated. You're not getting this signal, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and it's on my windows. My neighbors think I'm a meth head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you rather have DK Metcalf or Terry McLaurin going into this fantasy football season? Um, Honestly, Terry McLaurin. Because Drew Locke, I, 
I say this because I saw a report the other day or something that was just on social media. It wasn't anything official, I don't believe. But it was just kind of like one of those fan blogs where it was like, ooh, the 49ers and Seahawks are in talks about Jimmy Garoppolo. I was like, I don't know about them trading within the division, but right. it is what it is. Maybe something to just, I don't know, something to keep like a little side eye on. It seems a little intriguing. But as of right now, I would take Terry McLaurin with the Washington Commanders as Carson yeah. Wentz or Taylor Heineke as his quarterback. Yeah, I feel... I feel like Terry McLaurin's going to be better off in his offense. Not that yeah. Carson Wentz is better than Drew Locke, but it, you're kind of relying on Drew Locke and DK Metcalf to have that downfield connection that he's had with Russell Wilson. I just don't know if you're going to get that. So I feel safer with Terry McLaurin as well. I'm, now, I also, uh, this was in a group chat the other day, I, I'm not relying on either one of them as probably wide receiver one or wide receiver two this year. I'm going to be pretty down on both of them. Really? Yeah. So maybe, maybe if you're in a league that plays three receivers or you can play them in the flex sometimes, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to enter the season pretty low on both those receivers. I think they're pretty talented, but their quarterback situations are not good Yep. at all. Uh, would you rather peak early or late in your athletic career? In terms of peaking, are you like just your best overall performance or peaking in terms of like winning a championship? Overall performance. Probably, I want to say early just so I can get that big payday. Because if you peak right away, you're going to get, you know, the next contract, you're going to get paid a lot. And then from there, if you just kind of stall out or remain even, it's like, well, you know, I'm at least I'm at least worth this because I'm still playing to that level. And if you peak late in your career, it might be too late for you to get that next big contract because someone's not going to want to pay you a ton of money as you head into like mm-hmm. 31, 32, 33 years old, unless you're Trent Williams at left tackle. I did not think of it in terms of money, but I, I agree with you on that one. I was thinking of it in terms of like if I peaked early and then I fizzled out, people would still think like, oh, was he a bust? Yeah. But if you peak late, it's almost like, oh, no, he was fine. Like, you need time to develop. It's how people remember you. It would be like, oh, yeah, at the end of his career, it's good, though. Yeah. So that's where I was thinking. But I do 100% agree with you. If you peak early, you're going to get those contracts. Yep. And you're also going to be able to live off your potential for a while. Exactly. I was like, yeah, we'll give him another chance. You know, he was We've seen him do it before. Whatever, and yeah. he was good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, last one. Would you rather be a team player or a singular star? Team player through and through, man. Me too. I, Call me AK in high school, Sis King. They did not. I named myself that, but I had a <laughs> shit ton of assists. Like that was man. I remember being in high school and like that was a thing. Like playing basketball because I'm looking at this in terms of basketball more than anything. Because like baseball, it's kind of hard. Like how in the world are you just a, a team player in that sense? But football, it's more just like okay, be your role in terms of like a role receiver, just run your route effectively. Da da da. But like basketball, I think it's really dictates whether you can be a singular star or a team player. But for me, man, like I just found more enjoyment like creating opportunities for my teammates than I did myself. Mainly because I knew I would lose the ball if I tried to cross someone over and then do a spin move and lay up. I'm probably going to brick it. But I can tell you right now, I could cross someone over. I could cross someone over and then do like a side pass to someone cutting underneath the basket or cutting to the basket and hit them right on the money and they get a layup or, you know, a good shot or they kick it back out to a three. And it's like my transition of the ball movement started that. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's exciting to me. Yeah, even when I go play pickup. The there uh, was really centered around your own accomplishments. Well. (laughs) 
when you put it that way. <laughs> I guess I never really looked at it that way. Because when I see like singular star, it's more of just like terms of being the main score or whatnot. See, Team players, saw- like, hey, I'm going to get the rebound. I'm going to kick the ball up the floor, play some solid defense, do my part and help the team win. And I took this more as would you rather be like a golfer who's you're out there, you're on your own, you're your own team, you're your own player, oh. you're your own star, or like a tennis player or like – you know, the more traditional football, basketball, baseball stuff. Yep. To which team all the way. Yeah. But also, I don't like those individual sports. Yeah. Track like and golf. Field. Like, golf's fun. It's just like a, it's an activity for Track me. Track and field sucks, dude. Like, mm-hmm. no, screw that. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to go run? Sure. What are we going to do at practice? Run. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to mix it up because some of us will have to run further than the others yeah some of you are faster <laughs> cool cool fun times that we're gonna have mm. i did do track but it was a social thing yeah for me, like but. even the field events like ooh, let me throw this disc let me throw this giant spear let me throw this 8 12 pound ball mm-hmm. no you're probably just uh jaded because of your injury yeah i mean wearing a discus to the back of your head after a ricochet of a pole is never enjoyable so I still got a big ass scar back there. Dude. I wish I could have seen that. I mean, you can just uh, <laughs> next time you see my buddy Kale, ask him about can it. Can we just recreate it? I would Wasn't prefer it a not girl to. That hit you? Yeah, I was don't know high school. I was in middle better. school. I think I was in seventh grade, <laughs> seventh or eighth grade. Maybe it was eighth grade year. But yeah, I was a high schooler. We were all just sitting there practicing throwing discus, working on learning how to spin and throw because mm-hmm. a coach just learned how to coach it. <laughs> so it was like, all right, we're all gonna learn. This girl does her spin, throws it, ricochets off a pole. I'm standing in what I thought is a safe space behind the net talking to my coach with my back to it. Ricochets off the pole. I hear, <gasps> dink, whack, drop my ass. Fell right to my knees like I got shot in the back of the head. Just boop, boop. And then I woke up. I was like, man, my head hurts. Sniper. Reach back. <laughs> legitimately. There's a sniper here. Everyone get down. Reach back to grab my head, look at my hand, just blood. And I'm just like, oh, that's not good. And then I started crying. But by the time I like came to it, I think I it, got my period. But <laughs> yeah. but by the time I had come back to it and like woke up to like feel the back of my head and start crying, like some of the coaches had like already made their way from the football field over to where that was. So I must have been out for a little bit for the coach to make it that far and then pick me up and carry me into the school. And they were all scared. <laughs> How old were you? Seventh to eighth grade. This was a big coach. I mean, this was our football coach at the time. He was like six four, three hundred and fifty pounds. I was I mean, say you had to be five eleven. I was a decent size, tall? yeah. And he just cradled me up and carried me into the like ran me into the high school uh, into like a a bathroom that was in the cafeteria that I didn't even know was there. But yeah, they started getting worried because I wasn't crying. Like I, I cried a little bit because I was just scared. But then I was just like fine. And they're like, oh, shit, this kid's got some brain damage. He's got no reactions going on. And they had to go get my mom. And my mom, we had been in a car accident that winter, and she was having back issues. So I think they had given her a shot in her back. And so they go to get her. My mom's just, like, high off this medicine, not really sure, like, what to do. So my grandma's got to go pick her up, come pick me up, lay me down in the back seat, and then take me to the ER so I can get four staples in the back of my head. You have four staples in your head? Yeah. They didn't stitch it. They just put staples. They're like, ah, this should be all right. The worst part about it, though, was when they were like, hey, don't move. And I'm like, why would I move? And then you just hear a thunk, and I'm like, I jerk my head back, hit the fucking stapler. That hurt even worse. I was like, bitch, just say, hey, I'm about to staple your head. Please hold still. Don't move. Whack. You're going to feel a little pressure. 
Yeah, they just fucking slap that shit on me like they're just that cracking jokes. That fucking swim line that you're using back then. <laughs> yeah. You need to check those staples. Do you oh. have the, the, the bottom thing? Is it turned the right way? Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that's probably why you hate track. I think I'm, that's a large part of it. It's I'm just surprised that we haven't talked sport. about that before. The worst part is, though, is like when people think, like, oh, I got hit in the head in the discus. It's like I'm running through a field and someone just like threw it at me and then I got whacked <laughs> in the be... back of the head. I would have died. <laughs> like, that would have, the impact of that discus flying through the air like a saucer just. If there are people out there that can accurately throw a discus like that, <laughs> that's terrifying. Yeah. I'm sure there's been dumbass kids out there like, hey, why don't you throw this and I'll catch it like a receiver? And you misjudge it and it just whacks oh, you right we used up the to try place. to play catch with the shot put. Which is a little bit different. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember throwing the shot put and just seeing the craters that it left in the ground from just like throwing it 15 feet, if that, you know, like mm-hmm. it might be a little extreme, but it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to try and be on the receiving end of this. If someone threw shot put, I got far away as possible. Really? As if, yeah, because I didn't want any, like, maybe it hits a hard spot in the ground <laughs> from our away from small that town. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you do like the whole, like, uh, think fast thing. Mm-hmm. And then throw the shot put at somebody. <laughs> it wasn't safe. It was hey, safe. Uh, how'd you lose your teeth? Oh, man, crazy story. The crazy thing would be like it hit your foot. Like I was always worried about breaking my foot because I've been hitting the foot so many times. Yeah. Or uh, I saw a kid uh, miss it and get hit in the thigh and did the old dead leg thing where he couldn't use his leg for a little <laughs> while. He <laughs> left oh. just a massive bruise on his thigh. Yeah. Oh, kids are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're getting any smarter. Definitely not out there. This is getting crazier ideas. We went from my generation of playing catch with a shot put to you getting hit in the back of the head (laughs) with a discus. Hey, catch this. (laughs) Right. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I will never forget hearing the (gasps) come out of her mouth, though, and then like hearing it ricochet off the pole because like I was in the middle of turning my head when I heard the (gasps) and like that's where it like it didn't hit me directly in the back of the head. It kind of got me a little bit on the side, like even feeling it now. It kind of sounds like a little fuzzy feeling like through my head. There's not like direct feeling or sense to it. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why I stutter sometimes when I'm talking. Maybe so. The old discus effect. <laughs> we figured it out now. <laughs> All right. That's it for us today. Appreciate you guys joining us on this lovely Wednesday right here in the calling up for all those comments. I uh, would love to see it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Same time, same channel right here at 10 a.m. Again, appreciate you. Talk to you then. BC, big concussion. Love it. Have a good day, guys.